God bless you and welcome to the Love Thy Neighbor Podcast Network. I'm your host, Anthony Wilson, and this week on Love Thy Neighbor, we are going to have a powerful discussion about the gift of repentance. My guest will be Avrin Kaufman from the Salvation Engine Podcast. Her passion is to preach the word of God. Like the Apostle Paul, she believes that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And we are going to ask the questions, what is repentance? Why is it necessary? And how is it a gift that just keeps on giving? This week on Love Thy Neighbor, please tune in. Don't miss an episode. Make sure you go to the Love Thy Neighbor podcast network at WordPress and subscribe. Type in your email. Follow us. Let us know that you are out there and let us know the things that you would like to talk about on this podcast. Remember, we are a podcast that teaches and preaches the unadulterated word of God. God bless you and get ready for the gift of repentance. Definitely want to welcome you to the Love Thy Neighbor Podcast Network. Uh, I've been doing it for a few years now. I stopped for a while and then I started it back up. And, you know, God gave me the direction that he wanted me to go in and just really, really wanted me to connect with other podcasters that are, um, you know, teaching sound doctrine and, you know, are, are passionate about salvation and the, the word of God and getting it out to the world that they're not just looking for a platform or just looking to be famous, but they really are passionate about the word. And that's what attracted me to your podcast. And I'm excited for you to be on here. Thank you. Thanks, Anthony. I'm happy to be here. Clearly we share a passion, which is simply to get the message about Jesus Christ out into the world. And what a great time to do it in this you know, season of lockdown for many people, but also just the blessing that we have these tools that we can use to spread the message of the gospel. I think we're in an, a time that is like no other time ever before this. So we have such a great opportunity to go out for every Christian out there to go out and spread the message about Jesus Christ. Yes, 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 yes. That is exactly um, my heart. That is exactly uh, what the Lord, I believe, is is saying and has been saying. I mean, in Matthew uh, chapter 28, he tells them to go into all the world, right, and make disciples of all nations, right? And so that's our, our, that's our goal is to do that. And we live in a time where it is possible to reach other countries, from your telephone, from from your uh, cell phone, you can reach other countries, and um, through this podcast, been able to do that. And you have, and uh, as I've been watching you, it just uh, I, I just love uh, your passion for the gospel and for the truth of God's word. Um, so, tell me a little bit of about you um, as a person. You know, where'd you grow up? Who are you? You know, what what do you, what? Tell me about you. <laughs> Right. Okay. Um, my name's Arvin. I am the founder of Salvation Engine. I'm married. I have one son. We live in the UAE, and I'm a Christian author, a Bible study teacher. Um, originally, I'm from Uganda, which is in Africa. That's where I spent the larger part of my childhood, and that's where uh, my family is back in Uganda, in Africa. 
So I've uh, from Africa, I, I went to the, to the UK, which is Europe, and then now I live in the UAE and have done so for more than a decade. This is really the place where um, my walk with the Lord transformed and began to take um, a, a turn that I can say I left what looked like a resemblance of Christianity back home and really got to know the Lord out here in the wilderness, so to speak. So, Amen. yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's a little bit about me. My journey is I lived a life separated from God in very many ways, and I did not even know it, you know. And although I knew about Jesus or I thought I did, Jesus was not really a priority in my life. I was consumed with my own desires, my own habits, my own plans. You know, I went about sinning, breaking God's laws, following the ways and fascinations of the world like young people do. And in many ways, just simply approving of my own self and being a garden to my own self. And in the book of Ephesians calls that dead in trespasses. I was dead in my own trespasses. So God has been exceedingly gracious in delivering me from a life of death and showing me his son, Jesus, whom I now love and teach. And, and that's my journey, really. It's a journey of grace. Amen. And I think we all who know the Lord, who have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, would agree with you 100% that this has been a journey of, of grace and God. Uh, it, it was guilt that brought us to the cross, but it's grace that teaches Christ. And, and so we, we, we turn from our sins and we come to Christ and we, we, we get to find out that God is not angry with us. He's not wanting to throw us into hell and destroy us, but he actually has been calling us into reconciliation to come back into right relationship with him, which was lost in the beginning. And I've, I've, I've heard you teach that on your podcast and something that I believe <clears throat> wholeheartedly um, that uh, from Adam's fall, to Jesus' death is the story, uh, this incredible story of salvation that comes through Jesus dying and raising from the grave uh, and giving us new life. Um, so what is your passion? What are you passionate about? That right there, Anthony Pastor, it, that is my passion, the message of reconciliation. And it's a message that almost can get lost in translation. As you said, guilt brings us to God. Whichever way we come to God, we come. And it's only his grace that takes us through and keeps us going on. So that is a message that has gotten lost a little bit in 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 the in the vastness of so much we have to enjoy in in Christ and i feel like the lord's recently been really placing on my heart to share the message about reconciliation about righteousness i'm not mad at you come back home and he's had me really hooked into um, scripture like luke chapter 15 and i've wanted to move on from the story of the prodigal son but he's held me there and said this is the message you are to teach because i feel like he's just taken that He's just zoomed in onto that message. That's his heart for the generation. That's his passion for the generation. Um, that's my passion in general, too, is sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ in whichever way that I can. And I found my life and fulfillment in Christ, you know, a life that I had no idea I was missing out on. 
and one that I had no idea I so desperately needed. And so I thank God that we just in this great, amazing dispensation of his grace that is so abounding every day. And why not share it? Why not tell the whole world this, this good news? So that, that is my passion. Amen. And that is a worthy, worthy passion. Uh, I think we share that same passion. That's why we, we podcast. That's why we stream. That's why we, we teach, we preach, we write. Um, that's, that's, that's the way that we live our life. It's actually the guidelines to how we live our life that we've given it away for the glory of God. We've given our lives away. As Paul said, I'm a bond servant of Christ. And which literally means that I've given up all of my rights to serve him, right? I've given up everything so that I can serve him. And um, it's it's unlike anything else. There's a fulfillment that is unlike anything else um, that we could ever, ever experience. Can you tell us about your podcast, uh, The Salvation Engine? That's how I found you. Amen. Indeed, I, I totally agree with you. There's a fulfillment, like you can't even explain, you can't put it in words, but it's only a God-given fulfillment. And so the Salvation Engine podcast exists to bring the listener short but crucial messages from the Word of God, truth. And if I had my way, messages would be about one hour, two hours long, because that's how much <laughs> you want to speak, right? But um, I really have to stay within the limits of what I've set out to do. And that is to make sure that the hard-hitting truth from the word of God comes to the forefront. And the listener is able to grasp things that can be lost when we share lengthy messages. And um, it's been a a learning curve, really. It's been a a road of learning how to make the delivery in a timely and yet um, short and concise way. And I'm still learning a lot, but I, I believe it's going to be a highly rewarding journey. And I'm looking forward to see what Salvation Engine does, you know. I also believe that Jesus is coming back soon, like you, you've mentioned, and he's coming for a church without sport, without wrinkle or blemish. And I believe that really means every single believer getting the word of God for themselves on the inside of them so deeply, growing and becoming mature. And then we can go and do the great commission you talked about and disciple the world as Jesus commanded us to. That is why Salvation Engine exists. Well, I am uh, so thankful for ministries like yours um, that are focused on the truth of the gospel, the, 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 the rawness, the richness of the gospel with no added, no, no, no subtractions, because there's always a temptation to add it, to make add to it, to make it more palatable, right? Or subtract from it so it doesn't sound so difficult. But at the end of the day, um, Paul said that I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that will believe first to the Jew and also to the Greek. And, and so he believed that there was power in the gospel itself. And so I can't compromise that because that's where the power is at. It's not in my ability to speak or how big a church is or, you know, how, uh, you know, extravagant my podcast is. It's in the message of Christ alone um, that has the power uh, to bring salvation into people's lives. And I know you believe that. I know you believe that because that's what you preach. That's what you teach. That's what 
um, every chance you get. <laughs> Amen. Absolutely. Uh, so go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, the temptation to make it more palatable. That's I, I feel that's the ditch we've fallen into a little bit. And just to keep remembering and at the forefront that the gospel in itself is enough is so important. Um, I feel for me this is a passion because of the way in which I found my true transformation was by listening to gospel, unfiltered, unwatered down, unpalated gospel, the word preached. And it, this, as Paul said to, to Timothy, teach what is sound doctrine. We have a generation now where we can easily want to look like the culture, sound like the culture, be like the culture, but that would not be the gospel. And trusting that the foolishness of the cross is enough to transform a person can be so far from our minds or for, so far from what we've come to as a people. But we need to stay hooked on that, stay grounded in that, keep our Fit in what is sound doctrine. Amen. I'm 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 enjoying this already, and I knew I would um, just from you know uh, hearing your podcast and hearing you talk uh, on on different platforms um, that we would be able to come together and really really talk about this particular subject, which is the subject of repentance. And so we can't really talk about the gospel. Um, in full understanding if we don't talk about repentance. And so uh, our subject today is the gift of repentance. And so I, I believe we should start off with what is repentance? If if someone just came to Christ and they don't know what repentance is, how would you, you explain what repentance is? Yes. So my principle is always to allow the Bible to interpret itself. And that's no different on the topic of repentance. Now, the New Testament word used for repentance in the Greek is the word metanoia, which means a change of mind, a complete conversion, a turn, a change of behavior or a new course, a completely altered view of life and behavior. So there's a lot I can speak on this one topic, but I've tried to, you know, summarize it. And we'll take now a look into the scriptures where we find the, 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 the doctrine of repentance. In the first instance, we see John the Baptist, Jesus' precursor. He came preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. You know, scripture says he was proclaiming good news to the people. When Jesus begins his ministry, scripture in the book of Mark chapter 1, verses 14 says that he went to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. He came saying, repent and believe the good news. And then in the book of Acts in chapter 2, we find that Peter in his first sermon, he addresses this crowd and says, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. When we read further on in the same chapter, Acts chapter 2, uh, in verses 41, uh, we read that it says, Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. So when, if you take a closer look at this and allow the Holy Spirit you know, to reveal to you what this means, it says that these gladly received the word. They accepted the word. They considered that what Peter was saying 
was true. They considered it to be true. They believed they had a change of mind, a new course of yeah. life for them began, a completely altered view of life and behavior, one that is after Jesus. And so we see here that repentance is the doorway to reconciliation. You know, the hard posture of turn and return is one the father honors. And we find this um, in the story of the prodigal son from Luke chapter 15 that I mentioned. Scripture says that that younger son, when he came to himself, he said, how many of my hired servants, his father's hired servants, have bread enough to spare, and yet he perishes with hunger. And then he said, this is also important, what he said here. He said, I will arise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. Now, this place I like to call the place of end of self. You know, in this case, we can yeah. see that this younger son's motivation for turning back is not for the purpose of fellowship or reconciliation with his father, but it's simply because he's hungry and he knows there is food in Papa's house. You know, this is where <laughs> the call for us to come as we are comes from. You know, you often hear churches say, come as you are. This is where that call comes from because this son was not living a holy life. He, he didn't first say, I'm, I'm holy, I've cleaned up my act, I'm pure, I shall now return. He simply said, I'm hungry, I'm starving, I know there's food, the, the people in my father's house have it better than I do, I, I will arise, you know. So um, scripture even says that he'd squandered the wealth on riotous living and is very specific to say on halots. So this is the worst of behavior that we see in this younger son before he says, he comes to that place end of self. So the father's heart is open to all. It's open to everybody. Scripture in the book of Romans and chapter 10 teaches us that if anyone calls on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, they will be saved. And we also know, you know, Amen. scripture in the book of Second Peter teaches us that the father is long suffering to us what not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. We read earlier on in Romans 1 that it's the Father's goodness that leads us to repentance. So this is so amazing. This is so, so good. I mean, and, and I think it really brings us to that point where we say you can actually see that repentance is not this um, horrible thing that we make it seem like that repent. Sometimes I think we make repentance seem like it's a judgment on people when really repentance is like you said, a doorway to coming into right relationship with God, which explains why um, repentance is necessary. And so repentance is truly, truly necessary in order to build this relationship with God. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I agree with that. I mean, the, the father's warm and loving welcome of his son, you know, he's, he's given us his son, Jesus, and he seeks for us to be reconciled to him when we turn and return. No matter the reason that causes us to 
change our minds towards the Father, whether it's his goodness or we hear the good news about Jesus preached that causes us to change our minds. And we get up in in ourselves and say, I will go back to my Father. That is repentance. It is the doorway to reconciliation Mm. with the Father. So you can't come, you can't go unto the Lord without repenting, without changing your perception. I think about in Luke chapter 17, I believe it is with the, uh, the young ruler, the rich young man who comes to Jesus and he says, well, uh, well, Jesus or 19, it might be 19 where Jesus, he says to Jesus, he says, look, how do I get eternal life? How do I obtain eternal life? And Jesus says to him, well, have you kept the law? And he says, yes. And he he lists all the things that he's done, right? He lists all these things. And then Jesus says, okay, those things are great. Now I need you to sell all of your goods, give the money to the poor, and then follow me. Now, this man was doing good things with his life. He would be, quote, unquote, thought of as a good person. But when Jesus asked him to give up everything and follow him, he's asking him to have a change of heart, a change of mind, to change what you believe produces eternal life and learn what really produces eternal life, and it's following Jesus. And so no matter where you are, even if you grow up in a Christian household, you you still may not know what it really means to repent, to turn to the Lord, because you may think that because I've grown up in a Christian household, that I'm already saved. I'm already on my way to heaven. But that's not always true. Absolutely. So there is what we call the fruit of repentance. And this goes back to John the Baptist in Luke uh, chapter 7, when he says to the crowd coming out to be baptized by him, and he says to them that they should produce fruit in keeping with repentance. You know, the crowd asks him, then what should we do? This is the very thing we're talking about here. And he he says to them, anyone has two shirts should share with the one that has none. Anyone that has food should do the same. To the tax collectors, he says, do not collect any more than you're required to. And to the soldiers of those days, he says to them, do not exhort money or accuse people falsely. So the fruit of repentance, which is what you're talking about here, is that inward change that makes an outward expression. It's it's that exterior evidence of a changed heart. You know, a lifestyle change proves not, it's not just that you're proving it to to other people that, oh, look at me, I've changed, but it proves it to yourself that your repentance has been genuine. So in this same principle, we find in the story of Zacchaeus and um, the tax when he has this encounter with Jesus, you know, immediately he says, look, Lord, I will give half of my goods to the poor. And if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore it fourfold. That is the fruit of a changed heart, the fruit of repentance. And Jesus says to him, today salvation has come to this house, you know. Yes, yes, yes. That is so that is so beautiful. That is so beautiful because so often, you know, people uh, and, and, and I don't mean to, uh, you know, be derogatory, but sometimes people go to a church. Right. And they say a prayer and they say, I, I, I'm giving my life to Christ. I'm making Jesus Christ my Lord. And then they walk away and still live as if he's not Lord. And 
what you're saying is that there there is some outward signs. I mean, none of us can judge the heart, right? We can't judge people's heart. We we don't know their heart, but there is fruit that is shown in the fruit of repentance is that you do change. You don't try to keep, you know, your your worldly desires, your worldly I'm going to keep, you know, the doing the things that I was doing and I'm just going to say that Jesus is Lord. There actually is a change that happens on the inside of you. Um, one of my favorite passages in Acts chapter uh, three, um, after Peter uh, and uh, James and John meet the, the man at the gate called beautiful. And they say to him, you know, silver and gold, I do not have, but what I give to you, what I, such as I have, I give to you, uh, pick up your bed and walk in the name of Jesus. And he uh, begins to walk later on. They question him. They question Peter and mm-hmm. say, what's going on here? And Peter makes this statement. He says, uh, he says that we should repent and be converted, that our sins may be blotted out and times of refreshing will come in the presence of the Lord. And to me, that shows a side of repentance that I don't think people understand. They, they feel grudgingly that I have to give things up instead of feeling the refreshing of letting go of the world and grabbing on to Jesus. <laughs> you know, so uh, what what. That is the gift, right? Because we're saying that repentance is a gift. And so do you see that as a gift of so repentance? What you're talking about is a change of mind that produces a change of heart that creates this fruit, the outward expressions of repentance. And you just said that um, according to what you see with people today, I believe that partly has been a misunderstanding of what repentance truly is. You know, in the book of Matthew chapter 15, Mm. we find Jesus speaking against the Pharisees and teachers of the law. And he quotes Isaiah and he says to them, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart are far from me. Mm. So God is really looking at the genuine change of a heart turned back to him. When I received uh, true salvation, this was the point where I understood that I was a sinner and became accountable to my life with a desire to honor God and see true transformation. I genuinely recognized how much I had gone against God's established order and my desperate need for a savior. And I believe we must come to that place where we can genuinely and humbly say, God, I was wrong and you are right. This true repentance that can only be achieved by coming through Jesus, not any other way, turning from self and turning to the Lord. The good news that Jesus came preaching is still the same life-transforming good news today. Change your mind, turn from sin to God, accept the good news. So it's so, I I believe it's so important perhaps that we also talk about what repentance is not. That's where I feel we've misunderstood it to me. And there's two points I can make about what repentance is not. And firstly, we have to understand that repentance is rooted in belief. It's not about weeping or crying out, crying out. you know, mm-hmm. when we come into true repentance, emotions may or may not be involved. You know, emotions are not necessarily an indicator of true repentance. So just think about it. If, if crying meant repentance, 
and we were crying because we were genuinely, you know, sorry. And we understood the depth of our sin and how much it had God and how much it affected other people. Then we would get up and never do it again and live lives pleasing to God. So now, don't get me wrong. I've sobbed many tears before God, you know, with flaws, you know, yes, in the yes. light of how I had gone against God. You know, when you come into an encounter with Jesus, with his heart so full of love, you can't help but be moved in your heart so much that that emotion could lead to tears. And what I'm trying to say is that that in itself may accompany true repentance, but true repentance is one that produces outward fruit, a turn, change of behavior, or a new course, a new attitude, a completely altered view of life and behavior. It's like, you know, when you discipline a child about doing something wrong and they cry, and the next day they go back and do that very thing. <laughs> so there wasn't any repentance, you know, at least not one that produced fruit. And so that's the first thing I would, I would point out about what repentance is not. And secondly, um, repentance is not deep regret or sorrow, you know, uh, that drives us to the point of negative emotions about ourselves about God. Mm-hmm. We find an example in Judas in scripture. Scripture says that Judas repented himself, you know, and then he went and hung himself. So this, yeah, this means that yeah. although he recognized himself to be in the wrong about what he had done, he turned into himself, he turned inward as opposed to turning to Jesus and to God's goodness. And so his repentance did not lead to reconciliation, but instead it led to the opposite. So true repentance leads us back into the Father's love and all that he has for us. Amen. The the, the Bible, I think it's uh, 2 Corinthians 7, that talks about godly sorrow uh, produces repentance, which should not be regretted. But the sorrow of the world produces death. And, and I think you, you brought that out with the picture of Judas is that although he was sorrowful, he was regretful, he was repentant, but it wasn't a repentance that brought salvation. It was not a repentance that brought him into right relationship with Christ. It was a repentance that turned turned him on himself and brought condemnation and, and shame. And I think a lot of people feel that that's what they think of when they think of repentance. They think you know, beating themselves up and, and, and disciplining themselves. And oh, I'm never going to do that again, but then they do it again. And they wonder, why do I keep doing it again? It's because you're actually not making a decision based upon a right understanding of what God is calling for when he says to repent, you know, for the kingdom of heaven is a hand. He's telling you, turn away and come after me. Come after me. And and as a Christian, so this is the last thing I want to ask, because uh, this is really a good conversation. This is really good. Is that so once we come to know Jesus, you know, how does repentance work in the life of a believer? Because I think it's first John that says first um, John chapter uh, one. I think it's nine and ten. It says if any man says that he has no sin, he's a liar. But if he confesses his sin. God is faithful and just to forgive him and cleanse him of all unrighteousness. So as a believer, I've repented and turned to Christ. But then it seems that there are still times where 
you're still turning. You're still turning away from things. You're still breaking free of things. So is repentance still a part of our Christian walk as well as what it takes to become a believer? So we've talked about repentance as being that doorway to reconciliation. Repentance is necessary, not just Mm -hmm. at the point of salvation, but on the Christian walk as we journey with the Lord. Repentance is the wheel of mind renewal. You know, as we grow and receive revelation from the word of God, as we fellowship with the Father, as we are taught, as we discover the truth about who God is and who he says that we are in his word, we are constantly changing our minds. There is a reprogramming of our old thinking and we're replacing it with the truth from his word. You know, this revelation that we receive brings about continuous repentance. And this is a repentance toward God. You know, as this happens, truth is, is, is the activator for transformation out of which fruit of repentance is expressed. So we're continuously bearing fruit of repentance. And if you can think about it, anytime we miss it and we think, oh, I missed it, I, you know, we come back to the Father and he, he shows us the truth and his way of doing it. We change our minds and we're transformed. It's a continuous process as we mature. So if you can think mm-hmm. about it, it's it's a wheel in motion for growth. You know, you have truth, you have repentance, you have transformation mm-hmm. as we attain to spiritual maturity. If you think back to when um, Peter spoke to the crowds, he spoke truth. And when their minds received that truth, they were changed and their lives were transformed towards Christ. You know, we must consistently yeah. and constantly be hearing truth, the word of God preached, in order that we can produce the kind of fruit that the Lord requires. It's a will in motion yes yes i think that is so awesome because i I think we get it um we 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 mistaken you know the fact that we're christians um and we think that oh okay if i'm a christian then i'm not supposed to sin anymore i'm not supposed to fail anymore but you will and you're going to have to learn to keep a heart of repentance right you have to keep this desire to, to to keep persevering forward because when you confess the Lord Jesus, right, and believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead, at that moment, if you really believed it, you, you were changed, you were saved. But then there's the process of sanctification, which you are continually being transformed into the image of his son. And one day when we see him, the Bible says that's when we'll be like him. And so this is a, a ongoing process. It's not a, all right, I I got saved and now I never do anything wrong or I just go do whatever I want. It's none of those things. It's just this, and I like how you said, it's just this continuing process of growth. You know, first Peter or second Peter says, add to your faith, right? Virtue and kindness and knowledge and self-control and godliness so that you can be fruitful and you'll never be barren as you um, grow in your walk with the Lord. And so I believe that we should continue that. So we, we repent and we come to know Jesus and then we continue this process of repentance, sanctification and growth, which lead, which, which takes us on into growing. Absolutely. And it's the grace of God 
that is helping us to do it because we can't do it <laughs> right in ourselves. If we could have did it in ourselves, we wouldn't need <laughs> salvation. So um, last but not least, uh, this has been so powerful. I, I pray that those that are listening, those that hear this, are, are really impacted and they go and check out these scriptures that we are uh, that we are talking about. Uh, but one of the things that I really love to do, and I want to give you the opportunity, um, is to to pray for the listeners, praying for those who may not know Jesus to repent and turn to him and pray for those that do know him to continue a heart of repentance, to continue to bear the fruit, as John the Baptist said, of repentance. Could you do that? Could you just pray for Absolutely. our li- listeners? So just want to thank God. We thank God for opening the way back to himself through his son. This is a gift of repentance. Uh, scripture says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Our full blessing of salvation and inheritance in Christ is a gift from God. And so, Father, we pray for every listener that has heard this message about repentance. And we ask, Father, Lord, that today is the day that they will say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. For Scripture says that if we declare with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. We pray that they will have the strength in themselves to look outside of family, friends, and reputation and step forward, take a step of faith and receive Jesus this day. Not tomorrow, not next week, but today. I pray, Father Lord, for those that have received salvation. I pray that you grant them the strength, the courage, and the truth of your word to continue in their lives, receiving this gift of transformation through which the gift of repentance through which we are transformed as we go from glory to glory into the image of your son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Thank you so much uh, for joining me today. Ah, This was so awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm praying that our listeners are just blessed by this conversation because it's one of those things that people don't talk about. You know, we say you have to repent, but we don't necessarily talk about what it is. And so I'm praying that this would be a great yeah. tool. If somebody wants to know, you know, what repentance is, we could actually send them this and say, listen to this. This is going to really help you um, in repentance. Is there anything, you know, that you would like to say? Uh, maybe just to share a beautiful scripture that captures the father's heart concerning repentance. And I take this from the book of Isaiah chapter one, verses 18. And it says, come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. Jesus is the way. He is the gift of God. He's our access and path to the Father. Be blessed. Amen and amen. Thank you so much. Please uh, check out Avren. She is on Salvation Engine. Salvation Uh, Engine. What's your your Instagram? That's the Instagram. At Salvation Engine. That's the Instagram. That's right. And the podcast as well. And you're yes. and you're also on Facebook. I found you on Facebook as I well. Need you so, as well. <laughs> yeah, so check her out. 
you know, she's preaching the word, nothing else. Uh, and it's just a blessing. And I'm praying that we get to uh, do some more ministry together, that we get to uh, talk again uh, real soon. I just want to say thank you for joining me today. Uh, remember, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor Amen. as yourself. God bless you.